ever since you asked me, do I still do it for you? I always think, <laughs> do I still do it for Brandana? Absolutely. Well, how you want to do this? Yeah. Uh, we got um, T-Boss hit me up. He's ready to rock and roll. Should we get through the nightmare of coordinating all of us and get that done? And then we'll go back into the beginning or you want to do the beginning now? I can I can do it any which way. I'm I'm dirt diggler in this. I can go upside down. I can go back backwards, right to back. You know, any of them. How'd that feel, T-Boss? Was that close? That, that felt fucking awesome. Okay. It did. Great. I don't think yeah. we've ever had a guest on at the top of the show. Fuck it, let's do it. Let's take T-Boss yeah. through the fucking gamut. Let's Ooh. run the whole home run. I don't know if it's going to chime in on I'm, Ripped. I'm so happy yeah, I skipped leg it, day. Cares? Fuck it, let's do it, right? Let's fucking do it. Let's yeah, see what happens. Who cares? Let's, let's get weird. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast, coming at you as we always do. And we have a... Dynamite episode 105 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell us a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandon, and with me, as always, holder of the lightweight podcast belt, most awesome. That's right, baby. I said lightweight. I, I'm not going Deontay Wilder and, and wearing a 40 pound suit into this podcast. <laughs> My legs are feeling nice. I know. I know you've been working on it. And let, let's, uh, let's call it what it is. We got a T Balls with us up front. He's going to walk through this entire podcast with us. This is your second time on. Yeah, T? Uh, yeah, number two, and you're you're already throwing me for the full length. Uh, I, I hope I have the stamina to handle with two uh, two heavyweights. I feel like I'm a lightweight fighting way above my weight class, but we'll see. Oh, that's a big stab. Let's do it. Uh, we got a jam-packed 105. We're doing rip from the headlines. We're doing MAB on NFL CBA. We got a guest, T-Boss, MMA correspondent coming on to talk, talk the March 7th bout of, uh, what was it, Romero and... Adesanya? Uh, Adesanya. Israel Adesanya. His nickname is Stylebender. Now, that's why I pulled him in. Get those pronunciations correct. We're doing Neapolitan Showdown. Worst parts about moving. I'm going to spring this on you. Brandon, the gambling corner. Let's talk a little where does Tom Brady end up odds. You want to do that? All right. Yes. All right. Yes. Bill Fish is always do MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. Starts now. Extra, extra. Read all about it. I'm talking front page stories all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, rip from the headlines. MAB on NFL CBA. So. Right now, the NFL Players Association, the owners have already accepted the terms. Uh, looking at 17-game regular season, uh, rookie minimums would raise uh, to $610,000. That's a $100,000 increase. Uh, practice squad players raised uh, 10.5K a week. Pensions increased 10%, including vision care. Off-season works, workout schedule reduced. Uh, testing positive for ganja. No longer game suspensions. Uh, what's going on with this? Why are the higher echelon players so not ready to sign this, but the lower guys seem ready to go? Hmm. Uh, 
I'm still waiting for you to ask me why are we talking about this. I don't why are we know talking about this? Right now, I'm fired up now. My, oh, we my, got a third player here. We got anyone. a third player in the game right now. I'm exactly. all. Uh, we just all. It was sort of. Yeah. So, 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 just to go to the to the macro, right? So, the NFL owners agreed to it. The NFL uh, player association reps said yes to the vote. So two thirds of them voted yes, and now it's a vote to the two thousand players. It's one of those things where it doesn't really change much for the higher level players, right? They're still making their agreements. Now they're actually going to be forced to play a, an extra game. Yeah. Is that is it, season is, it, is that all it is? Is, is that pay? what we're talking about? It's just like they're saying we're going to do one sixteenth more of what we normally do and we're not being paid for that? Could be. It could be. Yeah. And I mean, this all, this vote helps all of the. The lesser, the minimum players, which are probably more than the elite echelon, high contract players, and so, you know, I don't know if I, I don't know if if I was sitting there and I agreed to terms on something, and then I get paid sixteen weekly game checks, and now I'm getting it split up over seventeen weeks, uh, and I am having to play more of a of a season than I would typically in a in the off season or the preseason i probably don't think i'd be stoked about it i know but let me stop you there isn't that what we're kind of talking about isn't it if everyone benefits a little bit isn't that better for the product because we're kind of talking about so let's parallel a little bit to like whatever we do whatever our career is Min- minimum mm-hmm. wage going up even if our work kind of stays the same or increases a little bit isn't that better for everybody like it's just like it seems a little greedy on the top level players for Sure, this this agreement does benefit the middle players more, but like you still have the fat contract, so why not sign off on that so like the lower tier guys can get paid? Isn't that actually what taking care of the the little guys are, which is what Pouncey was kind of saying he wanted to do in his video? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it is one of those things where it's like I think you know they want to put up more of a fight and actually see if they can get more because I think the contention is for the revenue point because. They only go from 47 points uh, percentage points of the total revenue to 48 points. And I think that they would try and make a stronger case to get more percentage points of the total revenue. Uh, and thereby, that raises everyone's tides, not just the, the lower echelons and the minimum guys. That would be my initial thought in it. And ultimately, it's like if we stay in firm, we can really ra- rally together versus just taking the first offer that the owners throw at us. Yeah. Um, if like I would interject in into this that I think that this has gone the way that the owners could have only dreamed because mm-hmm. they've allowed the media to to frame it purely as a uh, rich versus poor when first of all in reality it's always the owners that are ultra are, are the truly wealthy and if I'm thinking strategically, because I, I don't know the finer points of the deal like you guys do, but just as a union alone, you usually don't want to take the first deal. You usually want to establish your, because whatever power you establish at, yourself at is what you're going to go to the table with next time. Right. You know, so I think right. like by hopefully dividing the union, they, you know, the, the, the owners can come out stronger. So it's, it's, it's kind of uh, looking good for them in that regard. Yeah, and I think so. right. I, th- and that's- I think that was made a point, and most of us will jump in because I think it's a great point, yeah. T-Boss, uh, is the fact that these 32 owners came together you know, so quickly or whatever they've been thinking about it, and you're exactly right. Like, 
all the owners have the exact same skin of the game, right? They're all playing the same game. They own an NFL company, like they like 32 of them. And now like players on whatever their needs are, like they're all across the gamut on like what's important to them. So getting those 2000 guys to whatever come together and agree on something that lines up everything. It's like, it's advantageous to the owner because it's just like now they got to figure it out amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to think that the owners realize that adding another uh, regular season game versus a preseason, which I don't know, you know, I'm sure that is going to add to the bottom line considerably when it, when we talk about TV deals, and then adding a an extra playoff team uh, or playoff game rather, I should say. Now the the playoffs will be expanded to 14 teams, one through seven on each conference, and then only the top team gets a bye. You're basically squeezing another playoff game in there. They're getting all that gate, and the players only get. Uh, a limited amount of money. There's a playoff pool where players get paid out of. So at as of last year, the max you can make in the playoff pool it was like a quarter of a million dollars, which isn't much to you know shake your fist at. And for the lower level guys, those guys, it's it's a huge windfall for them. The big name guys, the guys that are making five, six, seven million dollars or more, it's you know it's kind of a drop in the bucket. Now going forward with that, you got to think about. Well, the revenue that they're going to be taking, even though they gave up a percentage point, is going to totally, you know, and I think that's where the where the argument is for the players. It's like, well, let's not just give that. That's what they want us to take. Let's see if we can get a little bit more of that, because clearly there's going to be a substantial revenue increase just by doing those two things. And then you give me, you know, they give us weed and a couple other things and yada, yada, yada. But I don't really care about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I still think uh, the playoff thing is different to me because I, I almost want to break that off as a separate point because the playoff pool would – that would have to increase because you're increasing the number of playoff games. Like we're talking about like the regular sure. season contracts would – and is that the fear of just like the, the Aaron Rodgers, like the dickheads like him that are at that kind of top level where it's just like they don't <laughs> want to give away like kind of that extra – are they essentially – they're giving away a little bit of that – you know, that 17th game for free. I want to bring this up and like, let me curve a little bit. We can come back and T-Balls. I want your thoughts on this. I don't know if it was Stephen A. Smith point is the first person I heard him say it, but it's like, what if we did in the regular season and it would fuck up gambling and I would hate it. But what if each player was only allowed to play 16 games in that 17 game season? Uh, Yeah. I kind of heard that batted about before when they talked about adding, you know, and, and, the guys of player safety, like looking to add, you know, some some a secondary bye week for a player, right? Yeah. You could rest your your top stars. I think, and you'd have to. I, yeah, you would have to. You right? You you really would. And I think it is one of those things where you know there there becomes a little load management, you know, to, to pull from the NBA. You start looking at it like that. Um, it might be of interest. It might be of value. I think like the offensive lineman would be the one that would benefit the most out of it, basically squeezing out two extra, you know, bye weeks out of it. But um, yeah, it would be it'd be a nightmare gambling wise to kind of figure out and fantasy football wise. I think everyone would hate it. Yeah, T. Boz, what's your thought on seventeen game regular season with one guy having to sit? Each guy has to sit one regular season game. Um. Well, as you know, Paul pointed out, as a fantasy football addict, I I despise this idea. You know, I mean, <laughs> at, at a certain point, I don't know when I became well up until this last season. At some point, I switched over to actually more a fan of fantasy football than of football. And then Saint Patrick Mahomes, 
like fell from the sky, landed in Kansas City's lap, and I returned to the appropriate place of fan, NFL fanship over my fantasy team. But um, yeah, I. I don't like it from that perspective. It's interesting. It kind of makes it a whole new game. It's interesting where if you if some if your player gets injured and you know maybe tweaks something, then you give him the bye week that he was already going to have to have, and it, it, so in a way, it's like he didn't miss a game. You know, for those little middling injuries. Um, right. But yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, also, does it does it fuck with like streaks and shit? You know, like consecutive I, starts. I was going to say it changes the rule books. For sure, there's an asterisk. Like, yeah, it's a fun, like, with, like with your average, like average per game. You know what I'm saying? Like, they get like really the weird. Old, stats. Yeah, yeah, it it would it would kind of make stats weird, especially like the per game stats, and like the only people that care about like consecutive starts is Eli Manning. So, uh, <laughs> like, I don't think. I don't think that what there'll never work. be another Eli Manning. Say it ain't so. I know. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. I. I I don't know if, and I think back to you know to to Trent's point earlier. It's like that's opening salvo from the owners is something you want to just emphatically deny it. You want to work on it and tweak on it and and find some some points where you can kind of gain a little bit of leverage in, and all the while balancing. They don't want another 2011 to happen where there's a lockout. Like I think yeah, no, that's the other thing I think in the back of the mind is a lot of the middling to lower echelon players are going we can't afford to miss time you might be able to but we can't and the players have always just been uh in this position to to, just to take what they can get from the owners uh they really don't have a ton of power in it and i think if anything guys from 2011 are just you know reminding them of hey this is let's just take what we can get and and get out of here yeah at this great point like you were saying like leverage for the sake of leverage like i'm not excited about but it it definitely makes sense to the scenario where it's like 32 versus 2000 and they're all on the same board and it's so quickly another just like right. respond to whatever we put up. One thing I haven't seen come on the board, which I thought would be like maybe the last domino that the players could actually use is like eliminate Thursday night football games. Like why not bring that to the table? Yeah. It's just like get that off the fucking board and now we'll talk. Mm. Right. Yeah. I mean, although I would say that, that the only thing that – the counter to that would be is, is like, all right, so we remove those Thursday night games. Here's this, here's what it does to the bottom line. Ultimately, it's your money that you're pissing away at that point because we can only sell so many of these games. We need that extra night to sell it. Um, and I think that would, you know, p- people would start looking at it with their dollar signs versus their Well, can Okay, here's what we could do. That's, that's fine, now. but let's go to, so week one has those back-to-back Monday night games. Let's do that. Let's have two Monday night games a week. Let's do that. Let's do that like 6:30 Eastern slot and that uh 6:30 and like the 9:30. Yeah, no. I mean that would be that would be a reasonable counter. Yeah, absolutely. I would see that. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out too because some of this will impact the the 2020 free agency too. Because with franchise tags and the salary cap in general, you could see potentially a spike in the salary cap if they agree to it before March 18th, which is the start of the new 2020 uh, NFL calendar year. All right, brother. Well, uh, let's close out right now. Most awesome. Do you see a lockout happening this year? Or they're going to figure it out. No, I think we're so. I think they're so close with the the NFLPA reps signing off on it, uh, and the players just all oh, it is is a majority vote. Um, so I I would say 
we're probably not going to see a work stoppage in the uh, in the NFL. T. Boz, we're going to see a lockout. They're going to figure it out. Uh, I don't know. My fingers on the if my fingers on the pulse. I I feel like they're going to play. I think most of these guys know that they have a shelf life that says pay me now. Um, and there's just not, I'm not even hearing the unity that is required for a lockout. Um, mm-hmm. I will say this much though. It's the high end guys that are unhappy and it's the high end guys that really have a unequal amount of power against the owners in the case. So if they're really on board, then they can, they need to get the, the young guys, you know, to back them. But, you know, the, the, the high-end dudes are the ones that the owners can't live without. They're, they're irreplaceable. That's, that's actually interesting. That, uh, we won't leave this segment real fast because I want to ask you a question, just Trent. Just uh, kind of just talking about unions and stuff, shit like that. Like, what happens? So let's say the NFLPA approves it like all the like, little, littler guys or the guys that don't have – not littler guys, but you know the contracts that aren't as big. They approve all this shit. And like an Aaron Rodgers and a Russell Wilson, like sit out. Like what? What happens? Are, are they are they breaking ranks? Are they like, if the NFL Players Association decides to go along with this, don't Aaron Rodgers and like the Russell Wilsons owe it to the association to play that way, or could they break ranks? Well, I mean, in the sense that. I mean, in like a constitutional freedom sense, yes, but sure. they're not going to be subject to the protections of the of the players' association. So whatever penalties that, that that are within the contract to assert on them will be asserted. Um, they'll be really unpopular. They'll be socially pariahs. You know, every kid in whatever respective city will be wondering why my hero <laughs> doesn't want to play my my sport. You know, I mean, like where. As if they if they're locked arms, then it's a it's a completely different situation. And um, the most most uh, unions and PAs have funds set up for lockouts, so those funds unlock when they're in when they're in uh, you know in in union quitting. But if one individual does, then they're like, well, screw you. Hope you have savings. Um, so that that's another aspect that allows unions to to live longer in during a strike is these union backed funds for that are they're set aside in case they need to strike perfect time to have trend on most awesome is there any chance we see something like that like a like a higher level player just sitting in protest yeah i mean you'd really it, it would really be quite shocking to see and I, w- I would think you would almost try to rally a you know small contingent of power brokers in the nfl you know the 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 quarterbacks of the league, right? Yeah. The, the Russell Wilson. Well, that's who we're Tom hearing Brady. from now, and that's who's like that's the only vocal people yeah. we know that aren't about this. JJ Watt, I yeah. think, was too um, was against. Yeah, it. yeah, and so that's the thing is you'd really need to pull together a contingent to try and create this, you know, like a power structure within the union. It's not going to be something that is going to be uh, perceived well. You know, people are, it's, it, you know, it's going to be billionaires arguing with millionaires and, and the common folks who are buying these tickets are going to hate it. And so while the TV deals are etched in stone, ultimately they're going to, you know, they're going to hurt their own case by trying to, you know, break ranks from the union. It's break- they're going to they're going to hurt the, 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 the old, their, their own. 
power. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. like so we, there can be a strike or whatever, but that needs to get done. They need to get everybody behind them before the actual votes decided. Because after votes decided, then they're just like they're going rogue, and they kind of lose all right. power. Yeah, if yeah. It, it's go. It's Ricky Williams in a tent in the middle of nowhere in Australia. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> that, that's when it's like you know, there's not a whole lot of power, you know, in a hobo aborigine like out, out in the middle of nowhere. So, right. perfect. Well, we c- yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so I think yeah, if they're doing it anything right now, they're trying to back channel and get all these guys on board and you know try to get them rally together on some of the the finer points that they can come back versus just hey let's vote and say yes. i mean we got 17 games that's happening are you excited mm. about it i mean i mean i'm it's, excited about it i'm excited about it. i'm excited about the 17 games i'm excited about a new playoff team i think it should be seven i don't think the second you know the d- division winner needs a buy yeah i mean more football is always a a good thing it's just uh you know, I don't know if Dr. Mrs. The Commish is going to be able to handle another <laughs> four nights out of the week with football. Uh, all right, guys. We got Trent Fry, T-Balls, with us. He joined us early for the rip. That doesn't mean he doesn't get us jam. Bring us to the jam. Fried, the zaniest of Zane in the game. You son <laughs> Join of a bitch. us on the podcast. Want to talk a little bit of fight? I uh, got to talk March seventh about between who we got playing on March seventh. Not play fighting. Let me get in the right mindset, right? So we want to like go, let, yeah. let me previous previous little bit. Um, you did send an email uh, for what was it, brother? Was it our uh, our hundredth pod or like our year pod? I don't know, but it was just like the what, century mark, brother. Century, yeah, the what can we do better the next year? We didn't cover fighting well. We're like, we'll put our money where our mouth is. Uh, let's do it well. So we got you on as our fighting correspondent. Tell us the fight coming up. What's going down? What we should look for? All right. Well, um, the big fight, I'm talking about UFC 248. Um, the It's on March 7th. Interesting uh, fact about March 7th. Uh, the birth of elder statesman Travis Fry occurred. Oh, nice. uh, Yeah. Big day. Yeah, yeah, he Big he day. was uh, ass backwards. He was trying to come out feet first for uh, C-section, and then 15 months later, back then they thought if you had one C, you got to do it up that way. So I had to burst up through that tummy too. Like so that. my brother screwed that up. A lot of fun facts. A lot of fun yeah. facts. Is, so anyway, that's important the fun yeah, exactly. fans to know. Um, <laughs> this is the anatomical portion <laughs> of the uh, podcast. Uh-huh. Um, so, anyways, so we have Israel Adesanya. 
uh, style bender fighting Yoel Romero. It's a, an incredibly interesting uh, fight. Uh, reason being, um, Adesanya is the probably the most Bruce Lee-esque fighter um, in the UFC right now. Where, 42, where he, 42 years old. So we've got Adesanya at minus 260 favored, Romero at mm-hmm. plus 200. Yep, yep. Now, Romero is the one that's 42. He is old, and um, he, but he is cut out of petrified oak. He, he is known as, one, as probably the best body in the UFC, which is saying something, because uh, I know my male bodies, and that one's noise. Um, yeah, yeah, all right. Let's talk more about Yeah, this. yeah, you should look at it. He looks like a human being crossed with pit bull DNA. It's crazy. Um, and, and, he's, <laughs> and he's a wild man. He's, he's the scariest guy. Nobody ever wants to fight this guy because he's just scary. Um, and, and he's crazy powerful, and you don't know what he's going to do. Uh, but at the same time, it is for a belt, and Adesanya has had the belt, and he's defended it, I think, twice now. Um, and he just, nobody can figure him out. He is the ultimate puzzle. He's got this crazy, he's very tall. He's six foot three, crazy reach. Nobody gets inside and he can just stand in front of a person with his hands down and not get hit within two feet of him and not get hit. It's, it's, it's magic to watch him. So bring us up to date with the UFC right now. Like, uh, I know we like, we had our superstars going on and then it did it fall off a little bit. And now we're back into the thing where it's just like, it's fun to watch these main fighters or some of these fights just kind of, are some of these cards duds a little bit, or is this, is this kind of, is this sport at the top of its game right now? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, the UFC, MMA in general, um, is, is definitely, it's constantly on a cycle of, uh, the, and actually, all even this happens in boxing too. If you remember from our day, it was like heavyweight was where it was at. That nobody cared about anything. And yeah, then yeah. slowly but surely, pretty much post Tyson and definitely Lennox Lewis, um, you know, we started caring, uh, you know, about the the lightweight classes to where Floyd Mayweather, who stands at like five foot seven, and you'd think about bowing up on him at a bar if you didn't know who he was. Um, he's, you know, the, the, the biggest draw there is. Uh, and now we're starting to come back to the heavyweights. Obviously, the Klitschko brothers were always around, but uh, I don't think they were ev- as captivating as, um, as many of the other no, heavyweights. That was, yeah, that was kind of the lull point, because they never also wanted to fight each other, too, which is, I think, what everyone wanted. Yeah. It was the Klitschko brothers to fight in the true, like, you know, mom, mom can't stop you now fight match of the year like that's what we were looking for yeah absolutely um, it was marvel versus dc we want to know if who, right, right. captain marvel or superman who would win oh my goodness baby i need a beer the boys got beers <laughs> Sorry. so so we're going we're gonna through we're going through another cycle like I, I know we had like um you know we had who was the uh the irish dude McGregor, Tyson Fury, yeah, kind of uh, and all that. Yeah. Oh, McGregor, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I thought you were talking. Yeah, but about it seemed like, it's, it seemed like sometimes there's like a little a little dip on the title cards. And does UFC have too many main events a year, or are they right in the sweet spot, or are they balancing that out? Um, no, you're you're right. I think it it becomes difficult to always provide a great uh, yeah. main event, and I think that that to some degree that hurts the sport, but the. Um, the one thing that I've also noticed that is unique to MMA that I don't think holds true for boxing is the you can just watch a guy that you ha- like. You will watch him fight even though he's not fighting for anything. 
uh, like it doesn't have to be for Bell, and that's evidenced by I watched Fader Emilianko. Remember, he was my fa favorite fighter 15 yeah, yeah. years ago. Fight Rampage Jackson, and Rampage Jackson looked like he had been eating deep fried Twinkies for three years since his last fight. He had a belly. Like, like, like nothing I've seen before. He was a seal out there. And you still wanted to know who was going to win that scrap. Um, and that's a... Cheers, gentlemen. Thank you. I've got a good lady coming at me. Um, cheers. And, um, so that, that, that is helpful. McGregor coming back to the UFC is huge. He immediately set records for the year. They sold out Madison Square Garden. Um, his grudge match with Khabib will will completely uh, set new records. I, I guarantee it. Um, he, he's just absolutely magic um, as, as far as entertainment and then as a fighter. Okay, so stock of the UFC, is it on its way up, on its way down? Is it figuring out where are we at? It's on its way up. It's, it's still, on its way up. Uh, it's still going up. Did yeah, it, take a, um, it took I, a dip though, yeah? I, I, well, it did. Post McGregor, it took a dip while there, and I think it's really just going through cycles of uh, almost in a seasonality. Um, like, for instance, Jones is really interesting uh, still. Bones Jones as a fighter is interesting. But the problem is, he is a, uh, he's killed everybody. <laughs> There's nobody left for him to fight. Um, so at that point, we start getting storylines about, okay, will it go up to heavyweight? Once he does that, all of a sudden he's incredibly interesting again. Um, McGregor was off for a while, but now he's back. Um, and you see it like, look how many people tuned in just to watch Conor McGregor destroy Cowboy Cerrone in 47 seconds. Um, now, apropos to that, Mr. Dawson, I listened to your, uh, your hot take um, on yeah. on that that fight, and you you talked about reminiscing like uh, we paid so much money, and then Mike Tyson knocks a dude out in twelve seconds, and everybody's pissed yeah. off. Uh, that's yeah. that is why I think MMA has the, it, it's part of the beauty of the UFC and what they've set up is a UFC card. You can pretty much care uh, you care about almost every fight you see. Um, the right. undercard is still very interesting to the majority of people watching, even if you're not interested in what's happening, or, or the, the names, I should say. You're always interested in what happens. But uh, you're still going to get, I see your, your message, Mr. Delaney. And you are not the most awesome on this episode, just so you know. <laughs> there you go. That's the last of the MAB. That's who I answered to. Yeah. Do you think do you think the UFC has done a better job of marketing their athletes then? I mean, do you think I mean clearly Dana White and I forget the guys that actually bought the UFC have done a done a much better job and realized from the errors of boxing it's like we need to we need to find intrigue in subplots almost like wrestling meets like uh you know actual real fighting and find these guys to like draw eyes because like you said you know, I watched the Tyson undercards, and we didn't know who any of these guys were. Now it's a different era, and there's more, obviously, awareness of the sport. Right. But, I mean, do you think that that is, like, what's key to them is, is you know, like the like the, the reality shows for the UFC, you know, things where it's, like, the next great fighters. Now we have, like, you, you follow these guys from their come-up-ins, if you will, and now you can rally behind them in the undercard. Or if they got knocked down a peg, I'm st that's still my guy. I'm still going to root for him, even though he's not going to be a heavyweight contender because even though he lost one, the UFC is so up and down where – 
guys can come back at any time. Right. That's a great. That's a great point, Paul. And you're you're right because there was uh, like Randy Couture. His record, if I remember correctly, is something like like eighteen and like nine. I mean, he and he's one of the most celebrated. Right. He's in the Hall of Fame. He won light heavyweight and heavyweight. I think at the same time, re won light heavyweight again or something or maybe heavyweight. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, you you that that is part of the allure of the UFC and part of the cycle that in evolution is a better word for it because now um, where it used to be like ragtag tough guys and the ethos was just you know always be ready fight whoever's coming up you've got to fight everybody that they put in front of you only a warrior always says yes to battle. Uh, you're right. starting to get guys now that are business-minded. McGregor is the shiny example, has shown everybody. And there is actually pre- and post-McGregor UFC. I don't know if I'm the first to say it. I'm definitely not the first to see it. But McGregor changed everything because he realized he can control the UFC through shit talk. He can right. – before he even – he, he told the UFC who he was going to fight before he had the power to do so because he would just look at somebody and be like, uh, the best fight for me is that, that young chap over there, and I'm going to fuck him up. And so, yo, you know what, Dana might not put me up against him. So he just goes onto Twitter and starts a beef and tells everybody, right. yeah, fighting me's red panty night. And everybody throws their head back laughing. And we're like, oh, well, yeah, this guy, if McGregor wants to fight him, I want to see that. And so right. these fighters are now controlling what happens through shit talk. Um, and a lot of people aren't happy. It's actually pissed off many um, of the, the fans that were around a long time ago because they prefer sure. that warrior ethos and, and a little bit more respect and a little more stoicism. Uh, but you get Masvidal and, and the theatrics of a bad motherfucker belt with the Diaz uh, Masvidal <laughs> thing. I mean, and it makes for great entertainment. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's interesting to see how it evolves because a little more WWE in UFC, but the violence is still very real. Right. I was going to say with like, them fighting everything, so obviously the, you would say the fighting is getting better, right? The matches, the product is better. Is that better for the casual viewer? And I'll say this, like, I also kind of heard like the, the bad motherfucker belt or whatever it is is becoming kind of a focus. Is this UFC going to come a little bit more of a hybrid of like a WCW but it's for real than the actual like you know the the sanctity of like the discipline of whatever martial art you are bringing to the ring. Right. Um, you know that's interesting and the, the answer is in the short term 100%. It's already too late. It's there. Um, I mean, to the point where Conor McGregor, I don't know if you've seen videos of him walking around a ring, but he, he actually cites he stole that, that walk from Vince McMahon. And you can watch clips of Vince McMahon walking down the runway. Conor McGregor saw it, thought it was hilarious, and now he has, you can see a clip of him laughing about how he was like, and now it's mine. He f fucking stole it and it's mine. <laughs> like, like, but <laughs> he's, he's just awesome that way. And so can anybody, will anybody come around that can do what McGregor does as well? I mean, eventually. Uh, but in the meantime, he's certainly show like all, but you, Many you guys you, are now. You don't to hate do it, it, right? It's good for the. You don't hate it, like in any I'm, any press for the sports, good press, right? If, if there's as someone long just like as, absolutely, as long as the fighting's good, then I I actually the more I care about somebody in the ring, the better. And a lesser known example that that was uh, um, 
in the uh, I don't know the the arch of uh, McGregor is a guy named Colby Covington. He was considered he's a, like a strong wrestler, strong striker, all around fighter, but fairly boring. And Dana White didn't right. like him. He was told you're going to be out at, you know after this fight. So he goes in to Brazil and fucks this guy up. And then afterwards, because he knew that he had been told, I'm out of the UFC after this fight no matter what, he takes the mic and in front of the world, but more importantly, in front of all of Brazil, starts telling everybody in Brazil what kind of trash they are and how happy he is that he destroyed their boy in front of all of them and then makes a huge <laughs> pro-Trump statement. Three months later, right, yes. he's carrying around Donald Trump's son's book. He's wearing Make American Great hat again. He doesn't go anywhere without wearing the cheapest-looking suit you've ever seen and two yeah. hot chicks that are straight off the presses of whatever dirty strip club is in town. And he gets a title shot two fights later. I mean, he made millions full, of it. He went full heel turn mm-hmm. in, in, in the wrestling terms. Right, full that's a, heel. Uh, exactly. Conor, is Conor McGregor as good as just, like, his aura around him? I, I know he's good at him watching him, like, fight. But there's just so many, like, wacky, like, the McGregor fight, like, everything. Like, it's hard to kind of lock down, like, is this guy, like, one of the best UFC fighters? Uh, so, so that's a great question. And I think it's off-asked. He probably has... Pound for pound, the best straight left in the UFC um, as far as just a punch. And um, the more you watch, the more you start to respect that how – and yet you, you, you almost develop this mystical aspect for these men. Like the way we viewed samurai in, in um, you know, old school samurai movies where everybody in the world, literally everyone, knows he has this weapon that he is st- – Starching dudes with. They know it's coming. And yet, Conor McGregor is so good that he can get it. And how it is possible to go up against the best in the world who have tape on you and know your game and then still land that punch, yeah, he, he's really great. But is he the best? I mean, he the, the big storyline right now, Khabib Nurmagomedov. Yeah, it's hard to say his name, but I think I got it right. He's, I, I believe, 29-0. He's the last dude, and he just summarily stomped McGregor. Everybody, the, yeah. the storyline there, though, is that McGregor had just won nine figures, losing, to, uh, losing in his boxing match to Mayweather. So he really wasn't inspired to, to fight from what the camp says, from what he says. Uh, when they he went into this Cowboy Cerrone fight, he looked amazing. I I mean I'm for one saying that to to knock a dude a little bit loopy with a mid thigh knee is as much luck as I'll ever say there is available in in a professional contest of this nature. And then he because he was already dazed off that, so he basically won the fight at that moment. And then he kept dazing him with that shoulder up until he could land the, the and finish him. Uh, so I didn't get to really see how authentic the words of his camp are, but the words of his camp are saying he's better than he's ever been. And um, so I hopefully when uh, the probably the most exciting fight that people really don't know about is Khabib and Tony Ferguson are fighting in May. Tony Ferguson is uh, he's an assassin. He he is so well rounded. He's probably the most well rounded guy. He's com- in the in the weight class. Um, 
He is—he can fight off his back better than probably anyone, and that's what makes it so interesting for him to fight Khabib because Khabib gets everybody down onto their back, and then he just mauls them. He, it, it, it literally looks like, like a Nature is Wild video, you know, <laughs> and, it's, and it's just as terrible sounding. So if Khabib were to survive that and he fought Conor, we're, we're, we're really in for a treat. All right, we'll definitely get you back on to break all that down. As we go into it, we're going to give you the opportunity right now to shake your magic eight ball. Tell us what's going to happen in this March 7th fight. All right. Um, yeah, I think it'll be exciting, uh, as all Romero's fights are, and interesting as all Stylebender's fights. Uh, Stylebender will ultimately keep Romero at bay. His length, he'll be, he's too good with length. He's too smart. Um, and I think Adesanya stops him in the second. Ooh, all right. Stops him in the second. Wait, wait, stop. I, I, a stoppage? Um, yeah, like some kind of knockout, be it KO or TKO. Um, second's a little early. Uh, I mean, I'd almost walk that back now that I'm thinking about it, like five rounds. But um, before I be bold, be bold. Yeah, this you're is right. What the MMA Sports Podcast is all I'm about. Sta- you, know, you know what? No, first round. I'm going up. <laughs> Never been done before. I doubt it. Now I'm walking the ring. That's too much. Too much. Dial it back. Dial it there back. There we go. Uh, that's perfect, guys. We'll be uh, Instagramming about that live, keeping track of the zaniest Zane, uh, Trenton Fry, our MMA oh. <laughs> correspondent. Damn well. Uh, oh Trent, gosh. you stick around and judge the Neapolitan showdown? You cool with that? Oh, dude, I, I'd be here, you know, anything you can shake a bunny tail at. Brace the jam. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me and we just disagree. The Apostle Showdown. Uh, this week we're doing worst things about moving. Oof. Getting on the negative tip. Bring it up. We got uh, T-Boz going to stick around to judge a little bit. Um, all right, brother. I know you don't have to move a lot. How many times have you moved in your life? Over under right now. What do you got? Uh, let's see. I'm thinking a good baker's dozen. Um... Maybe, maybe more if I'm counting the ones that with my parents when we were young. Uh, shoot, I, I just... Let's, let's I mean, count. Like, in, anytime you got to put something in a box and put it in a truck and then go follow that truck and take that box out. That's a move. That's what I'm counting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's a nightmare. Uh, that's also buying pie. So, um, like, <laughs> I mean, like, apparently I moved every time I went to Tiffin's. But, uh... Right, right. Trent followed the pie truck, just, uh, just out of curiosity. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, you moved a lot as a kid? I did, yeah. I went to um, I went to 13 different schools as a kid. I think I've Whoa. moved. I think my move number is at a solid 30. Wow. I, mean, I moved like, I moved four times since I've been in New York, and that's been seven years. Oh, and that's moved, a nightmare. Yeah. I moved like four times in L.A., I think. Five times in L.A., probably T-Boss. I don't know, it's around there. So it's... Uh, um, I know, I know a move. I know what I hate about it. What about you, most awesome? Yeah. What do you oh. got? So I've uh, never moved as a kid. We always lived in the same house, grew up in the same house. Obviously, like college, you move a bunch. Really, just counting from like L.A. 
uh, a couple times in LA, then to North Carolina, a couple times in North Carolina, Michigan, Indiana. So probably in the last, and like we moved a couple times even when we we're in Indiana. So probably in the last like 15 years, probably like eight times. That's what that's, you know what I thought Sucks. about this after like I poked you with this. I like what's interesting to me is like it's your and I's move is different. And I think it's going to show up on paper because mine's like kind of local yeah. move base. And I think yours is more like I will, we'll see where it lands. I'll come out of the gate. Like my number three yeah. worst thing is um, the overlap. Like you got one day to move out of your apartment, mm. your old one, and one day moving the new one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's every mm. apartment across yeah. the globe. So it's just like, what do I do with this? Like, it's all of a sudden just this mad dash double there thing of a clock like ticking down. And I got to get everything I own from one spot to the other spot. Or I got to pay like, you know, two days rental or a week rental on like this other place or I got to store it somewhere. It's just like, it's a money suck. Yeah. Yeah. Total money suck. Uh, I'm going to match you on that number three. And I'm going to say the wild variances in every single moving company that there is. Like, I, I, we paid like 1100 bucks to move from fucking L.A. to North Carolina. And I paid nearly that same amount to go fucking four blocks down the road from my old house to my new house. It's like, what? Can, can we get a consensus? I, I feel like I should just be like, it's here's 50 bucks. This will move the basement. Here's another fifty bucks. This will move the upstairs. Like, what goes into all this box moving? Why is it t- so expensive? Yeah, I, I did want to get in this real fast too. It's also like because you you've had a little bit more experience. I think it's going to come up my number three, and I don't want to bury the lead or step on the lead or whatever. But it is. So when you hire someone to move your shit, like, what's the rule? Are you watching them move it just to make sure it goes? Because it's it's going to go a little better if you're there. But isn't it also defeating the purpose? Like, if I'm going to be here, like. Or do you feel guilty like when they start like carrying a chair down? It's just like, oh, now I got to get on in on this. They're just like, oh, can you hold the door open? It's just like, that's not what I'm paying for. I'm paying for you guys to just move yeah. all this shit. <laughs> like, I'm not here to like yeah. help move this shit. Well, I, watched, I watched these dudes in LA like bang out our apartment and it, it felt like 35 minutes. If I wanted to help, I couldn't have helped. <laughs> these guys cranked it out. That's awesome. Uh, then I watched two, two men in a truck. Fuck that company. I will tell you right off the bat. <laughs> Fuck those guys right in their truck. Um, I was like literally like hucking stuff on there because they knew what we were trying to do. We were trying to move from Michigan to L.A. And we had Dr. And Mrs. The Commish, myself and Commishette. And this is when she was a wee babe. Uh, left at, they started at like 8 in the morning. We didn't get to Indiana and unpacked at like one o'clock in the morning and i was literally on the truck with them i was the third guy trying to unload this stuff because there was no end in sight oh god yeah so i fucking hate this so much yeah and you're to your point why am i paying yes, for you're this? paying for it it's so, just you like, know you knew what it is well, it's just like put so, me on put me on the clock go ahead t-boss so, so a, a a company that just named itself two men and a truck <laughs> now, I, I mean I just want to make sure you didn't cut out you didn't say two men and a truck and great fucking service right you're, you're winging at me that they're not exemplary in their customer service off, department right exactly first off it's a franchise <laughs> and they have quality con- control across the nation and it's, it's yes and uh, but they but the point of the matter is is they knew what they were signing on for we know what we told them what we wanted that's always they said yes it's, it's like the same thing like I have that even with like loading in furniture for like a set or something they're just like yeah we'll deliver the furniture and they show up and they're just like ah so here's the couch can you help me grab this it's just like that's not what I paid for delivery for it's like bring this in sure. here like I'm not a third set of paws and it's a little emasculating when they do yeah, it yeah, too yeah sure like I could help sure. you with that yeah 
but I don't want to. And then if I don't and I get really – I suck wind while I'm doing it, then I really feel bad about it. And I start, like, air punching, like, in the middle. Like, I can't fucking pick up a couch anymore. Uh, how do you score T-Boss? Mm, yeah, let's see. This is actually perfect because uh, we're in the midst of moving right now in, like, a whole bunch of stuff into my place. And I just moved out. You both hit it hard. Those are legit things. Because um, I've talked about yours, Brandon, but – Ultimately, I hacked your problem this last move, and it's called Pods. Le- learn it. It's beautiful. Mm. Most awesome. You get most awesome points. Uh, you're 100% right, because I had the same experience. Uh, I got a group on. It was like $75. God. The only, <laughs> the only guy still using Groupon. How many times do you have to get, like, three-day-old sushi to realize Groupons are just a fucking rip-off? How many times do you have to get, like, one roller skate that aren't the right size to realize Groupons are just, like, not legit? If you Still keep riding. eating three-day-old sushi, your stomach adjusts, and then you've got sushi on special the rest of your life. It pays it exactly. forward. So, yeah. And you get sick abs in the process. Yeah, I like that's, it. Yeah. So, yeah, Brother Jim Booth, uh, as, as we, we know, Jim Chan Laundry uh, was my roommate at the time, and he was none too happy. I was like, I got us covered. <laughs> it's like th- a th- three-hour Groupon. It covers. It's 175 bucks. Split it with me. By the time we all got moved in, I think 13 hours later, they had like one of those 80s, like, like the, the paper ran out. They replaced it and they were like, wait, we, it'd be $978. It was terrible. So, Paul, yeah, you win 978 points. 978 to zero. All right. Uh, number two, I'm going with um, repurchasing shit you decided to throw to the curb. How many times has it come down to clutch time? You're just like, I'll move all this. And then it's just like, it's movie time. And it's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll buy new hangers. I'll buy new cans of fucking black beans. I'll buy a new dresser. I don't give a shit. I don't want to move anything out. I'll buy a new bed. It doesn't matter. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's a good one. I am going to go with uh, a, a, a second cousin to this, which is miss or underestimating or, or miss on your packing and like packing stuff that you actually really do need but it's all packed in the boxes when you're kind of coming out and you're like where the fuck where did this where did where did that shirt go where that hat go where where did my toothbrush go oh yeah stuff like i need to keep those essentials out but i i underestimated or misestimated my packing skills and so i packed essential stuff that was that i need actually and now i i'm two days into my move and I'm living out of boxes, and now I can't find the shit that I really fucking. Can I pile on this real fast and not to confuse? Uh, of course you can. This is what the Neapolitan. Not to confuse T-Boss, but I do want to do not this. Not possible. What? What about what? What about the opposite of that? When it's just like, it's you know you're moving fucking twelve weeks from now. You're just like I'm gonna do a good spring cleaning. I'm gonna fucking just eliminate yeah. that fucking pleather coat I've had from high school. I'm gonna take an honest look at some shit and get rid of it. And then you're walking down the stairs and you just see that fucking like snow globe that you got from like prom and you're just like, man, I was supposed to throw this fucking shit away. And you're like, you're moving shit right. that has no point showing up to your next place, but it's too late because you're just yeah. like mad dashing and just throwing it all in the box, getting it out of there. Yeah, or or the other side where it's like I've got 
five rolls of toilet paper. Like, I'm not going to go get a whole of another thing 100%. of toilet paper. I'll just buy the new place. Exactly. And then it's Can't like, the then you're just one piece yeah. taking it off. You're like, oh, I, got, I got to make this last now. I've squarely missed the mark. Yeah, yeah. This. That commission that, uh, 2.0 painting on the fridge is just like, I'm going to keep that forever. You're just like, we got to move. You just throw it in the trash can. You're just like, let's go. <laughs> She'll do more paintings. Relax. She has no memory of this. Exactly. High score, mm. T-Boss. Well, gentlemen, excellent points, I got to say. But ultimately, uh, I think it's clear that I have to choose Brother B as the winner in this little tete-a-tete. Because what Brandon did is what Paul should have done on his. It's like you packed up this shit you need. Eh, Yeah. eh, Fuck it. Just buy new shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's right. right. You paid someone $3,000 to move $1,000 worth of shit. Just buy a new house. (laughs) (laughs) Set up new. Get new furniture. I'm just gonna burn this house down and move to the next one. Like fuck, hundred percent insurance. I, I, I actually the last time I moved, I saw I was I was thinking about. I was like, no, I'm selling my TV. I'm just I just sold my TV. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I was like, no, like, like who needs it? Like, wait, had, wait, T boss and and the wall mount. You're just like show up, take it off the wall, and that's that's the purchase. Because right, is that if you oh, sell yeah. on Craigslist, like the things on Craig, if I'm selling Craigslist, I don't want to touch any part of it. Part of the sale is like, I don't ever think about this again. So you show up yeah. with your screwdrivers, your family, whatever you got to do to get that up and out of here. And, and just so you know, I, I learned this hard. I, I learned this uh, and it worked well for me. Uh, the, I, the negotiating on Craigslist, uh, that, that, that's bullshit. All you have to, <laughs> when somebody comes in and they're like, uh, they're like uh, you, how much did you want? I was like, $200. They're like, would you take one? Fi-? Like, uh, if you do, if you do 150, uh, I'll take it off your hands right now. I'm like, if you do 200, you didn't drive to the valley for nothing. What do you, who do you think you got of a barrel? Here? <laughs> How'd you get in my living room if you weren't interested? This isn't a showroom. Like, You're not taking the floor model. Yeah, exactly. Some Holy asshole shit, came to so some asshole came to my condo and he bought a refrigerator, tried to lowball me for fifty bones. He ended up walking out seventy five dollars more with a record player. <laughs> Oh, oh man! I'm like, no, that T-Boss thing's 150. You do you spin vinyl? Uh. There you go. I mean, that's like, look at that. I'll throw this oh, in. Man. I like it. I like how you turn into like crazy. Oh man! In your Every, everything must go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I sold the chandelier. Um, so yeah, Brandon. Brandon wins that one. Um, and to bring it a little closer, what you won 978 points last time, Paul? Yes. All right, Brandon, you get one. Uh. that did bring it a little bit closer all right uh closing the gap the three spot i'm gonna go old school i'm gonna most annoying part of the game this is consistent for everyone across the board there's always something you're waiting for right when you move out there's nothing you do to figure it out do i stop my mail do i forward the mail i'm just talking about the mail change it's Mm. just like there's a little fear it's just like you don't want to hold on too long. It's like this new person getting all my fucking mail. It's always tax season or there's just check coming or there's a bill or like a new credit card. And it's always just like this anticipation, just anxiety of just like, are we going to like just shuffle over this mail correctly? Because the mail people Ooh. don't really seem to give a shit. Like How, they don't, are you no, looking at my life? Because that one's going to be hard to beat. Let's hear what Paul has. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Okay. Bring all right. I, I came to play. I came to play. So, um... 
I could have gone with with the with uh, my some of something of my console bracket, but I'm not going Ooh. to. I'm going to keep it original. I'm going to go. We're we're missing the, the 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 biggest obvious one, which is out there, which is you never leave yourself enough time to finish your packing. So all your packing occurs <laughs> basically like the midnight before you are bleary eyed. At that point, that's where it gets chaotic because you're just like shoveling shit yeah. into boxes, taping it, and just saying yeah. like bathroom stuff <laughs> yeah. and it's like, it's everything it was kitchen there. and really cute and just like bedroom and then it's just like uh is it miscellaneous miscellaneous on every box because Miscell- you run yeah. it through the fucking you house spell miscellaneous you just do msc because you don't know how to spell <laughs> <miscellaneous>. <laughs> you just msc and then uh and then uh yeah and everything's wrapped up nicely and now you don't do it now it's just like fucking you're just running it across the counter into a box oh my gosh That's that is an one. excellent one honestly Wow, I am I am Sophie's choice in it right now because that is what I thought would have won it all, until Brandon reminded me just now. Yeah, that fucking mail, mail stuff about moving. It's yeah, really, that's, that's it's really great. shitty. It's really it, shitty. It, oh, you know, oh, normally if it pleases the court, not that shitty. I don't need to miss out on that twenty percent off touché. Bed Bath and Beyond. Touche, touche, touche. Yeah. What what will I ever do without my penny sale? Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, there's I always one. There's always, always get... one thing you need, though. There's one thing you need in the midst of this move, and you're just like, "Fuck, is it gonna get lost?" Like, it's just, it's weird, man. It always lines up. And sometimes www.usps.com. For all right, now right. it's, and yet it's not. I, I solved your number one with a website, <laughs> but because sometimes, gentlemen, it's the one thing you don't need. And when you move out of your condo and you don't have a place to move in yet, which leads me to Pods. Check it out. I know you guys are getting paid for it um, for advertising for them. Check out Pods. It's brilliant. Ooh, um, sponsor, new but sponsor of the pod. You you find a f- pods on pods. Yeah, you you find that's hot pods. Um, but you find <laughs> you find a friend in the general area that you're couch surfing and sleeping in your car at that you want to find a place. And you say, hey, bro, can I just forward my mail to your address while I'm looking? And they say, okay. And then when you do find a place, you just re-forward your mail to the new address and it should be done. Except USPS sucks and it doesn't. And they still get your mail. And then you get a jury summons and it goes to the old address. And then you don't get it. And now your boy Trent Fry (laughs) has been served. For, 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 sure. I fire those things into the trash. Yeah, well, um, I, I just never even got it to fire into the trash. And now the United States government wants me to account for my whereabouts um, four months ago when I, I'm like, there's really no, you just didn't send it to the right. So I, I actually have to go into the courthouse to explain why I didn't report for jury duty. Um, and for that, gosh dang it. Paul, that was a good one. But I got to say, Paul, you get negative 978 points. Brandon wins by one. I win by one. Nice. Oh, this Brandana, the winner. This session of the Neapolitan Showdown brought to you by Pods.com and the word condo. All right. Brandana Gambling (laughs) Corner. Bring us to the jam.
All right, Brandon Gambling Corner. Um, where is Tom Brady going? I'm going to give you guys some odds. I want you guys to weigh in. We got New England Patriots minus 400, Las Vegas Raiders plus 600, Los Angeles Chargers plus 600, Tennessee Titans plus 1,000, Indianapolis Colts plus 2,500, Tampa Buccaneers plus 4K. Gets ridiculous after that. One I do want to talk about is does not take a snap in week one plus 10,000. Dollars, uh, most awesome. Take it a run, then we'll get to UT Boss. Where does Tom Brady play, and where do you like these odds? Ooh, I tell you what. I mean, I, I I just can't in a in a world see him playing for the Raiders or the Chargers, but the Tennessee Titans actually makes an interesting point with the Vrabel connection and the whole Junior uh, Patriots. I, if I was a but, betting but I man, think I, I, still, I, I, I think still... that I I feel like Tennessee likes their quarterback situation. Like, why bring in a? Mm-hmm. They seem on the upswing. Like, why bring in Tom Brady to like have Ryan Tannehill lose confidence? It seems like they have Ryan Tannehill in, in well, a rare like second life where he's actually looking pretty fucking good with enough young weapons around him to like do damage. Like, right. why bring in that and Tannehill be like, all right, fuck it. Like, they're not really into me because because Tannehill might be too pricey. Well, also, like, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. A, sorry to interrupt you. One more. I'll just say this. You're, you're yeah, not going to win in the fucking AFC. Like, you're just, like, mm-hmm. best case oh. scenario, like, you, you oh yeah, you go on the road for the Ravens <laughs> and then on the road for the Chiefs. Like, why would Brady do that? If Brady did leave, last thing I'll say, sorry to interrupt. If Brady did leave, it would be to prove he could win a chip without Bill Belichick. Yeah. And it's not going to happen in the fucking right. AFC. Right, but then I mean, uh, then who is he going in the in the? Is he, who's he going to go? Is he going to go to the Bears? He's not going to go to the I like Bears. The I, I, th- I think the I, mean? bu- like, I think the Bucks is a perfect Tampa goal. Bay Bucks. It's seven and nine. I mean, and him and I mean, they do have some big play receivers, but yeah, it'd be interesting. The Bucks would be interesting, but he'd be they'd be taking a big. Risk. Well, also don't, don't let me don't let me walk Vikings you down the road. Like if, if you if you like the Tennessee, I don't think it's I don't think it's insane. I just want you to. It just seems like a bad. No, it no. seems like a bad call, just as an organization to bring this guy in on some momentum you guys have going in the right way to be like, all right, now we're gonna replace like the heartbeat of this. I'd rather I'd I'd rather I'd rather. I'd rather take the Patriots over any of those three, but if I was looking at the top three, I'd put the Titans more so than anything because I don't see like I think the Titans would believe that they are. We just need a, a dusting of championship DNA for us to get over the hump and ride the Derrick Henry wave. They've got to pay Henry or Tannehill. I don't know if they can pay both. I think if they can sit there and get Brady on the cheap and basically like he's going to do everything that we got out of Tannehill in. Plus, he's been through every scenario. You're not going to stump him on anything. We've got good, young, upcoming wide receivers and good offense, and our defense is playing lights out. Like, that's the best position for Brady if he doesn't sign with the Patriots and just ride yeah. it out. Now, the interesting thing is the plus 10,000. Like, yeah. I, I mean, if I don't, if we don't see anything happen pretty early in free agency, let's pause about that. I probably would lean on yeah, that. Yeah, let's pause about that. I do like that. I, but I do want to get back to where you're saying, and T Boz, I want your take on this too. We'll get you in here in a second. I don't think the Tennessee Titans are like feel like they're missing a piece. I feel like they got really close last year and they're like, oh, we can gather around this in the offseason and really like bring the thunder next year. It doesn't seem like it didn't seem like they had the vibe missing a piece. It seemed like they kind of overextended their talent and now they like really they have one of the most dangerous things that can happen in the NFL is like they have belief behind them. And if Tannehill played like if that team plays like it played in the post fucking season, like 
that they could be looking. I mean, granted, with the I was gonna say like a first round bye with the with the second division winner, like probably not right. gonna happen now because with the expansion of the playoff teams or whatever. But it's like, I mean, that's that's an eleven and five team or however, however many games we're playing. Like they definitely with that combination. So why, like why add that piece? And do you actually think that or break down for me? It's not a money save. Wouldn't they have to pay Tom Brady more than they pay Tannehill? I was wondering. I was well, wondering that. To, to, yeah, but it depends what Tannehill gets in the open market, right? I mean, so he could command, if he commands $30 million, you know what I mean? And I know there's not a ton of teams that are out there, but twofold, right? So he could command a ton of money. And the other thing is, is they're like, well, did he Nick Foles us, right? Yeah. And did he just kind of capture lightning in a bottle? And if we're going to pay someone 17 to $20 million, do we pay it to Tom Brady, who is obviously on the decline, but has been through the wars and the battles and nothing is going to stump him. He fits in this, you know, this like second coming of the Patriots, like little model that we have in, in the Titans here. Um, that's the only reason why I give it more credence. Like I don't see, I don't, I mean the bucks, yeah, the bucks make real interesting play, but what does their defense look like? Like, I mean, they they won they went seven and nine, and they had to, they had to air it out every time. Like, while it's an ideal situation from a quarterback, I don't know if it's the best situation. So for let's Brady. not look at the gambling pers- perspective. And I'll get you in on this trend real fast. I do want to ask Most Awesome one more question. You have seventeen million dollars, Most Awesome. Do you pay Tom Brady or Ryan Tannehill for the twenty twenty season? And I'm just I'm on any team. On it, uh, I mean um, uh, Tennessee Titans. You have Tennessee Titans. You got seventeen million for one year. Who are you paying? I, at this point, I would say just for pedigree and past performance, I go with Brady for one year, seventeen million, because I'm not. I mean, I, Brady could re- retire. I could sign Tannehill for a long term deal, and be stuck if he doesn't work out. So I would say Brady. All right, who you got, T. Boss? Well, you know, it's an interesting question. I mean, I look at the. I think we oftentimes get caught up thinking like, oh, the Bucks, Bruce Arian is a quarterback coach and we he's got two phenomenal receivers to throw throw to. That sounds like a perfect fit for a guy trying to make his bones uh, away from, you know, the hoodie. But uh, when I look at the O-line, I think Tampa Bay has perennially been the 32nd ranked O-line in the league, in the last place anywhere 42-year, 1,000-year-old Tom Brady is going to go is somewhere where he's going to run for his life and not have protection. That's fine. You know, okay, I mean, so the- let's, Yeah, so that's fine. Let's walk this back a little bit, guys. So I get the odds. We'll talk about the odds in a second. Let's boil this down. It's just like Tom Brady, if he does leave, why is he leaving? He's leaving to win a chip, correct? Like he's not leaving for a contract. Yes. We got to decide that. Is he trying to get a chip or a contract? He's trying to get a three-year contract or he's trying to get a chip? I think I think it's all about chips. Yeah, yeah. People are talking about he should get paid, uh, but like I don't know. He's never needed money, so why? That would be the weirdest thing for him to, at this point to prove that he can get. It's the one yeah, thing that right. we all know he could have gotten. He chose not to have it, so all of a sudden he gets himself a six hundred million dollar wife and says, "No, I got to make uh, an extra thirty. Okay, like, so perfect. So we're sense. all on the same page. So he, so he's leaving. If he leaves New England. Which is a big thing, right? Because you're leaving. That's I think that's a wait. I think it's a wait to do the Joe Montana thing, to do the I didn't finish on the team I started with, like the Brett Favre thing. Like that's a thing. It's a thing for like legendary quarterbacks yeah. and probably the greatest of all time. 
So we all agree he's leaving for a chip. So where does that chip make the most sense? And it's got to be the next two years. Um, for me, I I feel like there's an out. I, I don't know. Like San Francisco would make sense, but I don't think San Francisco gets rid of Garoppolo. Um, and so I, I really like, I like Tennessee from this standpoint. If they don't really believe in Tannehill, um, which... For me, if I'm Tennessee, I stay with Tannehill because what he didn't even have the team for the entirety of the season, and he got you that far. I mean, stick with it. But they, it is a perfect fit for Tom Brady. They've got young receivers. He brings in this mentality that anybody would wish to 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 lead with and and build, and it gives them three years to to fit with a phenomenal piece uh, to to find a new uh, a bridge to a new quarterback. Yeah, it's probably like the fourth, fifth tough division in the NFL. So it's not like a, it's not like a huge like battering ram. So it's not a bad call. It's just I'm a little gun shy because AFC. What do you think most awesome? Yeah, you know, and the other thing that you got you guys both kind of hinted at is their offensive line. The Titans' offensive line is really pretty solid. Yeah, so, I meant to say, <clears> yes, <throat> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yes, I think you know you don't want to go the Raiders interdivisionally with the Chiefs. I think I would steer clear of that. And obviously the Chargers are a dumpster fire. Um, the Colts on there are actually kind of interesting, but they have Jacoby Brissett for one more year for, I believe, $15 million. So that's what I'm saying. Like, of all these teams that are kind of, like, right there, the Titans do make the most sense. Or he just sticks and stays in, in New England. Why leave? I mean, I, mean, I he, here's I, my guy. You're right. I don't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no. I just don't see Robert Kraft – if we're going to play the fun game of, like, where does he go, mm-hmm. I don't see Robert Kraft, like, letting anything – letting Tom Brady walk out the door. Yeah. He's already committed too much to him in the grapple thing, which we discussed a bunch of times earlier before, where he sided with Tom Brady. I just don't see him going, all right, well, you know what? It's, it, you know, it's it's five extra million dollars or whatever it is, unless Tom Brady just is – has his mind dead set on leaving the Patriots. And this is the thing, like I think, I think, I think Kraft would fire Belichick over over Brady. I, I think wow. you're absolutely right. If he, if it came down to that, but I, I I also think like Brady would not even let that happen because he doesn't want to look like he kicked like Belichick out because he still can't have the actual. I still think this part of like Tom Brady is just like if I can win one chip on my own, like. I erase fucking six years, like nine years of just like confusion of over who did this. I did this because ain't no way New England's winning shit if Tom Brady leaves. But the, so the only wild card is if Tom Brady can go somewhere else in the next two years and get a chip. And I, I think he knows it can't be AFC. So I think I agree. He, he, he doesn't. I, I just don't see him go to another AFC team. What, what would the most time. likely NFC team be if he was to go somewhere? What Cowboys or? I mean, odds. The odds have the Buccaneers at plus four thousand. Buccaneers, and then uh, the second one on that list is the 49ers and Cowboys. 49ers. And Bears but that would that, that logistically that doesn't even make sense. Like I don't even know how the 49ers would even work. You'd almost have to do a sign-in trade and send Garoppolo back, which would be – it would be nuts. It would be insane, right? It would be nuts. That would be wild. Well, and, and does, doesn't Arians – is? I correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but Arians is known for like a pretty vertical defense – or, I mean, sorry, offense, right? And, I mean – Right, yeah. But like he's also, he's also really known for shitting on Jameis Winston. 
Like, <laughs> I've never seen oh someone gosh. hate their quarter. Like, he burns him and not like burn like I burn you by being zany. Like, he does not like him. And he's just oh, yeah. like, he says it in the media. Like, it's not like in just tongue in cheek. It's just like, uh, I can, you know what? Like, throwing that many receptions, who the fuck cares who's back there? Like, he's literally saying that shit. Oh, he's hilarious. Like, he's been shitting on him ever since the season's over, and I don't think that asshole's winked since. It's just a endless, <laughs> like, like, dumper right on him. I love it. So insane. I, I would love – I'd be interesting. Uh, so real fast, the last thing I want to talk about before we get to our MVPs, guys. Uh, doesn't play in week one plus 10,000. Isn't there more than a dozen ways this is possible? That's the money uh, bet, in my opinion. Like, if you if you have to yeah. put a hundred and you're not talking, you're talking about r- risk versus reward. That's that's where the money really is. That seems crazy to me. Yeah, because I don't see. I, I could see Brady just sitting out and just waiting for somebody goes down, and it's like, all right, here I come, riding in, you know, week seven or week eight. And uh, here I am. Let's yeah, do exactly. This. There's there's no there's no like consistent snap thing going on. Like even even if he's like drafted late by a team, like let's say he does go to Tennessee, maybe he just sits on the sidelines for a couple of weeks, just see how it sh- fucking shakes out. Like just gets the system, like gets it right. down, and then comes in there. That's that's an insane number. Maybe he retires. Like maybe he fucking that's slips on the sense. stairs. Like this is all fucking in play. What's his? Yeah, what yeah, are 100%. the actual words from Tom the Brady wor- on this? Because my understanding is it's tight-lipped. In which case, how much of this is a media storm? And he's literally sitting back there going, "Do I want to play? Am I? Is my? Do my bones hurt? You know?" I. Th- yeah, I mean, he's he said that he's wanted to play to like forty-five. He's forty-two now, which I, I know he said that years. before, but has he said that since his since his last playoff game? Since his last year? Yeah. No, I don't think That's so. That's actually now. a good point. Like he he posts some. So he's been. We all know he's been pretty intentionally, intentionally ambiguous about this. Like, would yeah. it be shocking for him to walk away? Like, I couldn't you see like it getting to be fucking like, like I I know we have phrases coming up, but maybe like it's pending and it just comes up and he's just like, you know, like maybe it's over. Like maybe he's just like, there's no fucking, there's no way I win in the AFC. I'm not gonna prove Bill Belichick wrong. I'm not gonna beat Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes in the fucking playoffs if I stay at New England. I sure shit ain't going to do that if I go learn a new system. I'm old as fuck. I don't want to go play for the fucking Buccaneers and go through the NFC shit and learn a new thing. Like, maybe it's over. Like, plus 10,000 is interesting. Yeah, he did not look happy about his team at the end of the season. And I I don't know. It seems crazy for him to play anywhere else, too. I mean, doesn't – we haven't really talked about that. That, How insane is it that we're talking about Tom Brady, who is the GOAT at this moment, like, how is he going to play not at New England? How would he want to? Yeah, it's 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 wild to think, and you do wonder if like he saw like the Joe Montana, Steve Young thing because he's a, he was a 49er fan growing up, and was like, and that's probably the reason why he wanted to push Garoppolo out because he didn't want to be forced out before his time was ready. But at the same time, it's like I, for that to happen, for him to say his bones hurt and everything like that, has to creep in a little bit of doubt in himself. And I got no – like, even when he was frustrated on the sideline, it wasn't like he was dejected. It was like he was frustrated yeah. that it wasn't going the way that he – like, he could see it in his mind, but guys were fa- failing him. It was al- It's almost like when somebody on your team like is like, oh, it's not my fault, it's your fault. Right. I don't want to say it's t- to that extreme, but it's one of those things where I just don't see him like, oh, I, don't, I just don't have it anymore. I can't do it. And he's such a competitor. He's posting videos like – 
right before you know the playoff games it's like the lions got to eat and all this other shit and it's like he doesn't think he's lost a step which is a recipe for that he's going to play now he i wouldn't put him past him to be calculated to just see how it all shakes out and see what injuries happen and kind of ride in on his white horse now you sold me because that's what the balance is right brother like the balance is like I think your your composition, how pissed off he is on the sideline, is exactly what we're talking about. It's like when you play that pickup basketball game and you just like you have the four guys and it's not gel and you're just like, fuck, this fucking sucks. And then like you just see the next right. dudes you get on your team, you're just like, fuck, you know what? I'm gonna save the playground, I'm gonna sit this one out, we're gonna be back on the next one, and we're gonna fucking run yeah, on this yeah, one. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna run. So he still has that like right, he wants right. to run it back one more time. I think he wants to run it back. Yeah, doing yeah. the fucking Buccaneers. He's he's he's, ch- he's chatting him up at point eight. He's like, <laughs> I, I, who's got next? You got next? You got next. You, you know what? Next. Give me the bu- uh, so I'm gonna my official bet. Uh, give me all your guys's. I'm gonna take the Buccaneers at plus four thousand. I think he's got to go NFC if he does something. I think it's got to be a chip. If he's gonna do something. That's where I think it's at. Woo! Hot take. I, that'd be nuts to see him in the Tampa Bay colors. So fun. So uh, fun. So I, fucking uh, fun. Uh, so fun. Right. Exactly. I'll go. I actually uh, can't throw a lawn I'll ball, go. so it would suck. But <laughs> be excited. Right, excited right, to talk exactly. about. I'll go. I'll go plus a uh, thousand for ta- uh, the Tennessee Titans, uh, and then I'll back it up with a uh, you know little little scratch on the Patriots. All right, nice. Who you got, T. Boss? Um, well, the, that plus ten thousand really s- sounds great, but to be honest with you, uh, we, you don't make bets when you're pretty sure they're going to lose just because they could win you a lot of money, and. Uh, this whole idea of Tom Brady and uh, Belichick being unhappy with each other, all this. I think if Tom Brady knows he had paltry weapons to work with, I think so does Belichick. Uh, I think he plays for the Patriots. There Minus 400. I like it. Smart. All right, guys. Uh, this has been Trent Fry coming to the podcast. Are you? Woo! How are your legs feeling? You went 12 rounds. How you sir? doing? FC yeah. correspondent made... coming on. Got to get you on more often. Um, we Am heard I your the take... first Iron Man guest? Did I? I did I? I played the you full. Are. Played you full are. game. But you actually are. Us. Yeah. 100%. I think we had a yes. early Joe. We had him sit. He wasn't allowed to talk during the uh, the ripped. You're the first one that's been able Wise. to take place every single one. Uh, MVP of the week. I have. Um, my boy here, I originally had John Morant because he just wants to duck over everyone he sees. But I'm going to go to Washington lineman Trey Adams. Um, was at the Ooh. combine, asked if there's anything to change about himself. What would that be? Uh, he took a little pause and he was like, I like a bigger dick. So I don't, that takes uh, <laughs> take some stones and a small dick to say that. Who you got most awesome? Right, right. No, yeah, he's got, uh, he's got big, big <laughs> He wants that big, big dick, dick energy. He wants it officially too. He doesn't want to fuck uh, around with people. Exactly. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Shake Milton. Uh, he played against. He's a 76er who played against the Clips today. As we're recording this, dropped 39 points. Shake was uh, just on the G League not too long ago. Last five games, little little insanity for you. He's averaging 20 points, shooting 22 of 30 from three point land. Damn. That's that's seventy three percent over five games. He's been playing really well, and he was he was on fire. Uh, is Brandon a <laughs> little brand right yeah co pilot statistic right there? We got Trent. A little shout out for your most awesome MVP of the uh, week. 
Well, interestingly, apropos to what uh, Brandon's MVP is, see, I saw that, which reminded me of uh, Chris Jones, who a couple years ago was <laughs> sprinting down in the NFL Combine, and he took a face dive because his danger came out, uh, and it, uh, it looked like he might have been embarrassed or it might have overweighted him. But um, I made the mistake of thinking it was funny, so I showed it to my fiance, uh, and her eyes were as big as saucers, and she all she could say was, "Oh, that's you!" <laughs> so as a yeah. as a guy with a wedding night approaching, um, he's MVP, um, and yet also uh, a jerk. Never should have done it. Never should have showed her. Guys, it's been most awesome. Brandon, a sports podcast, episode one hundred and five. Thanks for hopping on. Shoot us an inbox at it may be sports podcast at gmail.com trent thanks for coming on we'll follow back with you after the fight night on march 7th um thank you i am brandana why don't you sign yourself off most awesome mab sports pod brought to you by pods these moving pods fuck Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.